الحمد لله الحمد لله خالق الوجود من العدم وجاعل النور من الظلم فمخرج الصبر من الألم وملق التوبة على الندم فنشكره على المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم ذي الشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيد ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى أتباعه خير الأمم الذين بارك الله بهم كافة الناس العرب منهم والعجم فالحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إذ قال لأبيه وقومه ما هذه التماثيل التي أنتم لها عاكفون قالوا وجدنا أباءنا لها عابدين قال لقد كنتم أنتم وآباؤكم في ضلال مبين قالوا وجئتنا بالحق أم أنت من اللاعبين رب شح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله اللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر آمين يا رب العالمين In today's khutbah I hope to continue the conversation I started with you last week about a passage belonging to Surah Al-Anbiya that's the 21st Surah of the Quran the passage started from the 51st ayah and it's talking about Ibrahim alayhi salam and how Allah makes a claim to Ibrahim alayhi salam and the guidance that he had and he cited one moment or one one um, you know phenomenal incident from his life when he challenged the faith of the people around him and he was the only one who came to the conclusion that these false gods aren't the ones to be worshipped so when he first last week I told you about the confidence with which he posed a question and even um, what, what I didn't point out some things that are I think important to point out uh, is the ismul ishara here what are these idols? And the, the word these is used, obviously, it's a demonstrative noun to point at something. It's done for rhetorical reasons, a number of them. And one of those is actually, when you say this to someone, you can say it out of disgust. Like, this? You want me to eat this? Right? So the word this can be used in language to talk down to something. Or... Is this what you want me to do? And you're in shock, right? So the word this, there's an undertone behind it. And of course, if he's talking about, he's talking about the idols as if he's never seen them before. We all know that he has. But what are these idols? Is kind of the tone of his question you can, you know, induce, you know deduce from the text that there's a frustration inside him. This is what you, 
These are the representations that you want to worship. This is what you want to give yourselves to. And so he poses this question and he's passionate about it. And that's the, kind of indicated in the strength of his language when he uses the word hadihi. But what's important here is not just what he said, because it's brave enough for him to say that. But Allah gives us lots of lessons in what the prophets said and what they spoke and what good people said. But there's lots of things to learn also from what not so good people said. Right? They're, what they said also is recorded in the Qur'an. And it's important for us to learn lessons from that too. Their response should also be looked at analytically, carefully. So when he said this to his father, and he said this to the society at large, people in leadership obviously, or people full, people around the, the temple that are engaged in their worship, and he goes out to them and he poses a question to them, what is this that you're doing? Right? Now it's interesting, you could, you could ask that question in general, it's another, when you're actually in the center of what they're engaged in and you're challenging them right there, it's one on everybody else. And it's very easy that you're gonna get you know, railed on by a mob. It's not an easy thing to do. One person to take on an entire crowd. And he's a kid, he's really young at this time. Their response, however, some of the elder, maybe you could say, or some of the more senior, his father included, instead of losing his cool or becoming angry, mm. and how do we know that there's not anger yet? You see, when someone's angry, then their language becomes stronger, right? And in the, the Arabic language that Allah chose to reveal His final word, there are degrees with which you can make your language stronger. So the stronger a statement is, the more emphatic a person is, and the more they're reacting to somebody that they want to correct, or they want to put in their place. What's remarkable about their statement is, wajadna qalu, They responded, wajadna aba'ana There's practically no no refutation, there's no em emphasis, there's no لَقَدْ وَجَدْنَا أَبَاءَنَا لَهَا عَابِدِينَ or إِنَّا قَدْ وَجَدْنَا أَبَاءَنَا لَهَا عَابِدِينَ or you know, لَا عَابِدِينَ something like nothing, there's no devices that are, that are available, that are used all over the Qur'an to emphasize something, they're not being used. So what I'm trying to get at in simple words is their response to Ibrahim was not an angry response. It was a very plain, normal tone, that's what our fathers did. We found our fathers doing this. So they acted totally normal. Why? You see, he asked a question and clearly he seems to be, even though he's logical in his question, he's asking a very uh, uh, reasonable question, but he's passionate about his question. So I want you to take a moment and really, hopefully I can get across what I'm trying to say to you. There are two components to his communication. There's two things that he's trying to do. He's trying to say something logical, but he's also saying it clearly with some passion, right? So it's what he's saying, which is logical, a question, and how he's saying it, which is passionately. Because it hurts him that other than Allah is being worshipped. Now their response, they don't have a logical response. So they can't respond to part one of his communication, which is what he's asking for. They don't have an answer for that. Because the answer to that would be, these are, like I said last week, these are idols. These are made of marble and wood and a little bit of glue and this, or that, you know. And this is the story that was passed down and we don't really know where it came from. That's the actual answer. That's the actual, but they can't do that because if they give that answer, they're admitting their own fault. But what they can do is say, hey, why are you getting so worked up? Why are you getting so out of, out of why are you so upset? You seem a little excited about this. This is normal. So instead of responding to his actual question, 
They're responding to his tone with calm, making it seem like he's the one crazy. They're the ones that are normal. You see how smart that is? And so you can, you can this is a great, a, a remarkable form of manipulation that someone speaks out for the truth and you say, hey, 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 why are you so upset? Calm down, this is how it's supposed to be. And now my calm tone becomes a validation for my wrong idea and your passionate tone becomes an endorsement that you're saying the wrong thing. You understand? So they're trying to frame his passion, put him in a corner and say, this is what it's supposed to be normally. And this is also, it's done to, because he's young and impressionable, right? So the calm tone coming from the elder makes the young person feel like, well, they're so calm and they're so relaxed about this. They're, first of all, they're being forgiving of me because I went out of line. I got too passionate. So their calm tone is in between the lines. They're very forgiving of my disrespect. I just crossed the line and they're so kind. So now you're, they've done you a favor. They've got a point on you. You're already in the under position, right? You're, you're underneath them. And they're at an advantage now in this communication psychologically. So just understand that in communication, it's not just words that are being shared. Body language, tone, those things make an impression on who stands in what position. It's not just the words that come out of your mouth. It's somebody made you feel a certain way and that makes you, imp it impacts you in a way, should I respond, should I not respond? Should I start apologizing now? Should I start questioning myself? And that's, these are some of the intentions of this normal response. This is what we found our ancestors doing. And this, that res the normal tone of that response from that we can extract from the grammar is as if to say, you're the one that's not normal. We're the ones that are, let me use the Islamic terminology, we're the ones on the fitrah, you're the ones that are not. You're, you're the one that isn't. We're the ones that are on, uh, doing the natural thing. You're the one doing the unnatural thing. You're the one who's young, who doesn't understand. This wisdom is not just the wisdom of your dad who's got many more years than you. Then it's his dad and his dad and his dad. So it's many, many generations of wisdom. There's, there's, you know, there's goodness in it. There's benefit in it. And by the way, let me tell you, just while we're on the subject, practically any religion in the world, any religion in the world, whether it's Hinduism, Buddhism, it's the ancient Egyptian religions, whatever religion, will you find some wisdom in it, some benefit in it, some good teachings in it, some morality in it? You can. Don't you see that in our religion we give to, give to the poor? Don't you see how we take care of the elderly? Don't, we, don't you see this? So even if it's a false religion from our point of view, it's impossible to deny that virtually every religion has some aspects of good. And it's very easy for someone to highlight those aspects of good and make someone feel like, how could you criticize something good? This is what we found our ancestors doing and for good reason. Look at all the good around you. You, you think your neighbors are evil people? You know the ones who helped us last year? You know this one and that one? Or the ones who helped us when we were sick? Or who helped your mother? Who did this? Who did that? Those were all people of the evil religion. You think they're all evil? So now they are trying to make Ibrahim salam in between the lines question, maybe I went too far. Maybe I'm being too judgmental, right? And it's a really interesting, very powerful, and very clever form of manipulation to not be aggressive, to actually be calm, and to make you question yourself, and to make me maybe, maybe think, maybe I am too judgmental. While the fact, let's take a step back and look at the fact of the matter. Ibrahim salam is not hateful of his people. 
Ibrahim has tremendous spite, he does, for the idols. For the idols. Later an ayah is coming, where he speaks about the idols almost personifying them as his enemies. And he uses the damir hunna, even though they're non-human, he uses hunna for them, the feminine idols, as if he wants to, like, he wishes they were alive so he could destroy them. <laughs> it's called lamir tafhim, you know, that they've dis- misled so many from the people. These idols. And his passion came out when he, you know, obviously wrecked the idols and destroyed them. That's a later bit part of the story. But here, what I, what I wanted to first focus on is this form of manipulation that they put themselves with. And then the interesting thing is they didn't seek and they didn't offer an explanation from themselves. They didn't say, we do this and here's our reason. They said, we found our ancestors doing so. So who's responsible? Not us. It's our ancestors. So if it's our ancestors, that means that you, uh, if you really want to ask, you should ask the elders. But they're gone and they're too wise for you to question them. Are you going to question them too? Are you going to question these, these greats? These are the ones you want to question? Think, think twice about that. So it's bigger than you and it's bigger than me. It's about our entire heritage. This isn't just about you and me. To make him feel like it's almost as if, and you need to understand this, this is a repeat a little bit from last time. Questioning the ancestry or criticizing the ancestry, especially in ancient times, is like saying you're not proud of your own identity. Like something's wrong with your identity if you question that your ancestors did something wrong. The new form of that is your country. Like some people are very patriotic or even nationalistic, right? And if you're super nationalistic, you can't hear any criticism of your country, you'll lose it. Right? Because questioning that is questioning your very own existence. Right? So like people paint their faces with flags nowadays. People painted their faces with their ancestry back in the day. Ancient poets would say, these are my fathers. Which ones are yours? Name yours. They would name their ancestors and talk about, this one was among my great-grandfathers. This one was among my great-grandfathers. This one was among, and who you got? This is what we got. What you got? Right? So this was a part of questioning identity. And it's as if they're suggesting to Ibrahim alayhi salam, maybe you have, your identity hasn't matured yet. You haven't, you're, you haven't come to full adulthood yet. You're not fully, you know, uh, you're fully aware of yourself and your place in the world. And maybe you'd, it'd be better if you took a step, step back and developed a sense of awe and a reverence for your ancestry because clearly from your, your question, it suggests that you don't have respect for your elders and respect for your history and therefore you don't have respect for yourself. This is what's being said in between the lines without having to say it. It's very clever again. And so when he says, when they say this, he hears what they're saying. He's pretty smart. He's one of the most intelligent, analytical human beings that ever lived, even from a young age. So when he hears this subtle attack on his, what's going on in his mind, then he responds in very emphatic terms. Qala laqad, which is two layers of degrees of emphasis. Kuntum antum. Antum again, another khabar after kana. That's again another layer of emphasis. Antum wa'aba'ukum fi dalali mubin. He said, the fact of the matter is, I swear to it, it's already established that all of you have been, all of you and your fathers 
and your ancestry, all of you have been drowned in delusion, obvious delusion. You've always been in, they, they, a lot of times they translate it as an open misguidance or clear misguidance. You're, you've obviously been confused. And it's not just you. You're saying we should, it's not me, it's grandpa who did it. Yeah, grandpa was confused too. It's you and your ancestry. And notice how he, in these words, they said we and our fathers. And he's among them. But he made it you and your fathers. Because when it comes to this delusion, I'm not from you. And from an ancestral point of view, I am from you. But when it comes to this delusion and this false ideology that you live by, I have nothing to do with it. That's you and your fathers. Even though who he's talking about is his own father included and their fa his fathers. So he says, لَقَدْ كُنْتُمْ أَنْتُمْ وَآبَاؤُكُمْ فِي ضَلَالِ He calls them out. He said, it's pretty obvious that you guys are confused. And Mubin, it's an interesting word here. It's almost a, an oxymoron. Mubin actually in Arabic means two things. It means something clear. Uh, so if a glass is clean, I can see right through it. It's Mubin. It's clear. It also actually means clarifying. So it's transitive also. What that means is it makes other things clear. Like a flashlight, the, the lens on it is clear, and when you turn it on, it makes other things clear. Its visibility of other things become clear, right? So one of the qualities of the Qur'an also is mubin. It's clear in and of itself, and it clarifies other things. It clarifies reality, it clarifies what's going to happen on Judgment Day. He uses that as a description of their misguidance. Your misguidance is clear. Anybody who looks at your practice will know this is misguided. It's clear in and of itself. But it's not just clear. It clarifies to anybody else also. Meaning, it projects onto others how false it is. Nobody will look at this and see, uh, uh, see the truth in any, any of its teachings. And even if it's a good teaching, it's corrupted with something evil. There's a, there's in and of itself it's wrong, and it spreads the wrong. This is Walali Mubi. When he calls them out like this, their response, Another, you know, first response was, let's act normal, make him feel like he's abnormal, right? Here's the next response. This is really amazing. And this is what I wanted to conclude our khutbah with today. They said, Qalu, they gave him two options. bil Did you bring us this truth just now? Did you just, did you just claim that you, you are right and we're wrong? Is that what you, you didn't just do that, right? Um, um, or is it that you're just kidding? You're just kidding, right? Now this is also really interesting because here you have some, the concept called tasawwur. Tasawwur means you've got two options. Did you do this or did you do this? Are you doing this or are you doing that? Hey, do you want to go eat pizza or get a burger? Right, two things. And in Arabic when you do that, أَجِئْتَ بِالْحَقِّ أَمْ um, then you have bilbatil. Ajita bilhaki am bilbatili. Did you come with the truth? Or did you bring me the truth? Did you bring a claim to reality or truth? Or did you bring something false? But actually what they did is the first the first option is, did you uh, did you actually think you brought the truth? Or and the next part is a jumla ismiya. Anta minalaibin. For my students. The first one is Ajita bilhaki. It's a, it's a jumla fi'liya. Jita anta jita. Jita bil haqi. 
am kunta min am anta min al-la'ibin. So the jumla ismiya is stronger, right? So they're putting more emphasis on the kidding. So here's what it means in simple English. Did you seriously just say that? Oh no, no, you're kidding, right? He's kidding everyone. He's kid he's just He's the kind of, he's among You're from those who joke around, which is old English, basically means this boy. Come on, yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. Ha <laughs> ha And everybody can dismiss it and walk away. Why? Because it's almost as though, you know, I, I do this as a teacher sometimes. What did you just say? Just kidding. For a moment, you want to terrify someone. And then the only way out of that terror is you were just joking, right? Yeah, yeah, I was joking, yeah. And they back off. So they threaten him with ajita bil haq. And then they give him a way out by saying, just go along with our claim for you that you were just kidding. Oh no, you're kidding, right? You're kidding. Yeah, he's kidding, he's kidding. Everyone, he's just kidding. What is this? This is to drown your voice out Threatening you without actually openly threatening you. And to diffuse the situation and to make it sound like we're doing that for your own good because it would not be safe for you to not take this, this road. And to speak on your behalf. To take what you're saying and to wrap it with what? He's just joking. He can't be serious. Or he's going through something. You know, to, to, to put a mask on it, to analyze it in some way. Sometimes people psychoanalyze it in some way. He's just saying that he's just going through something. No, she, she just said that. She's just, you know, she's having a hard time right now. Oh, but she's always joking. You can't take her seriously. I mean, guys, it's just the kids. Kids act like kids. It happens. You know? So it's a way of dismissing what someone's saying, but at the same time letting them know in very subtle, yet very effective ways that you better be kidding. And even if you weren't, you better pretend that you were kidding. Because you don't know what's, what we're going to do to you if you weren't kidding. So, That's the second time around. The first time around, they made him feel like he's not normal. The second time around, they're like, okay, no, no, you are normal. You are normal because I said so. And the only way you, reason you acted abnormal is because you were joking. And that's the official version. Did you get that? You better, you better play along. And... With those two options, now Ibrahim salam has to think not just about what he believes. So it's no longer about this is right and this is wrong. Now he has to understand, he has to fight the, the feelings that they've tried to inject into him. The first feeling they tried to inject into him was, you're not acting normally. You should, you should act more dignified and calm. We're the ones that are dignified and calm. He didn't have it. He responded even more passionately the second time around and called out their basis. The second time around, they put a threat on it. If you keep this up, then this is not going to be good for you. But we're still giving you a dignified escape. You know, sometimes what happens is uh, in behind closed doors among politicians, in, uh, behind closed doors they've got, hey, you know, I know you messed up, but maybe if you just publicly go out and say you resigned, then we'll make up a story that covers your faults. Right, you won't get it. We, you can. There's a, there's an easy way out of this for you. That doesn't make you look too bad, right? So this is even like you're making your father look bad because your his father's involved with the or his uncle's involved with the idol building, right? With this kind of talk, you're making your family look bad. You're making us look bad. But you can save the honor of your family. And you can save yourself, kid. Just 
you know, you were just joking and just dismiss it. Just don't bring it up again, right? That's kind of embedded in there too. Just uh, let's not have that again, okay? We find something else to joke about. Keep yourself busy with something else. This is the um, sort of the blackmail that has been issued in this language. And this is important to understand, not just because these conversations are about Ibrahim السلام, and his people and his family. These are the kind of Abrahamic exchanges that happen throughout history. Right? This is, we're, we're learning this because this is a form of manipulation and this is a form of psychological pressure that can be put on young people, old people alike, when they stand up for the truth. And they can be made to feel unsafe if they stay, they stay by their stance. Now, Ibrahim could just say, fine, I, he won't say anything anymore. He doesn't want to escalate the situation. He knows it's going to get worse now. He has, they have kind of issued as much of a threat without issuing one as they could. So what might he do next? What, what would his response be? So inshallah ta'ala in our uh, next khutbah, I'm going to talk to you about where, how Ibrahim decides, no, I'm going to escalate this further. <laughs> I'm not backing down. And oh, you, it makes you mad? And I should, I should back down because I wouldn't want you to be mad? No, you can go ahead and be mad because if I don't do this, Allah will be mad. Allah will be angry. And I'll have to decide with, between fearing your anger and fearing his anger. So he's going to make a call. That's a very brave call that he makes and the way he projects that call. So inshallah we'll analyze that uh, in the coming khutbah. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazina astafa khususan ala afdalihim mukhatam al-nabiyyin Muhammadin al-Amin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Qala Allahu azza wa jal fi kitabihi al-kareem ba'da ana qula a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا